What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome, welcome to The Hustle Sold Separately, a weekly podcast dedicated to all of you amazing human beings who, uh, and souls, I should say, really, who tune in every single week. I took a small hiatus for a few weeks, which is, um, it wasn't really taking off <laughs> because I have obviously the other podcasts as well, too. But uh, I miss you guys, and um, I'm really grateful that the show continues to grow whether I do anything or not. So <laughs> I really love the compound effect of having a majorly awesome community. Um, there's still a lot of new people coming into the community and listening to the podcast. And so for all of you guys that are newer, I'm Matt Gottesman. It's nice to meet you. You guys can always reach out at Matt Gottesman on Instagram. I do answer every single text, DM, reply, response, and remark on the wall. I have been doing so for nine years. I don't plan on stopping. Don't hold me completely to that, but <laughs> I don't plan on stopping. And uh, you know, for those that are newer, I always say I don't glamorize or glorify end success because there is no end. And uh, if you want the science behind that, you can go read up on Dr. Andrew Huberman and the dopamine of the getting the result versus being in the journey. So we can talk about that, I'm sure, at some point. But the bottom line is that success has to be defined by you. I can't define it for you. Nobody can. And, you know, if you're not careful, the world will try to do so for you with a lot of metrics and a lot of titles and a lot of statuses and all these other things that I think, quite frankly, they're still trying to figure out how happy or unhappy they are figure out what makes sense for you. And so what I do every week when I have guests come on is we talk about what are they experiencing in real time. Some of them are on their first venture, their 50th venture, they're managing multiple ventures, um, you know, and we have a wide array of people and range from, you know, they can be in the arts to, um, you know, fashion and music all the way to uh, startups, branding, marketing, tech, um, you name it, uh, mental health, we have it all on the show, but what are they experiencing in real time? And what are they learning about themselves that they can also pass that wisdom on to you while you are defining success? So just want to keep that in mind uh, from all my OG listeners. I love you guys. Uh, still grows every day, uh, and I always appreciate you guys' feedback. And we have another really great show today, uh, Whitney Eckes, and she is a serial entrepreneur. She's the CEO of her own marketing firm, and she's got actually multiple businesses and investments, and we're going to talk about it. But we are going to talk about balancing businesses without burning out. And you guys know how I feel about this topic because, um, well, first of all, I believe I realized the show is called The Hustle Sold Separately. Let me rephrase why that is called that in case in many of you have heard me say this before. The dream is free, the hustle sold separately. What does that mean? Anything you want in life will require work. It doesn't mean that you, know, you should do hustle culture and burn yourself out trying to you know, do it all, be it all, have it all for without, without purpose and, and without direction, and without clarity and without rest and <laughs> without balance and harmony. Um, it means that you have to do the work in all areas of your life to have the life that you're, you're, that is right for you. So we're going to talk about that. Um, as I mentioned, Whitney is the founder of C and CEO of Ekis Marketing, a full-service marketing agency based out of San Diego. 
Uh, so she's our neighbor just to the left, and she spent the last six years perfecting the practices of growing brands and business in the digital space. So you guys know I'm going to geek out with her on that. We already started before the show. And uh, Echoes Marketing it has really been known for elevating brands through social media marketing, influencer relations, and brand development strategy. Guys, as easy as that may sound, is as difficult as it is in this very vast digital landscape of um, sharks. <laughs> and I would say there's good sharks and every other shark, you know, and good sharks learn from the every other shark. But um, ultimately, we help. Um, you know, there's a lot to learn in the digital space and, and having integrity and growing brands the right way. So, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of these different things. But Whitney, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I am such a fan of the Thank show you. and of you, Thank you. and I'm ready to geek out. I'm ready to talk all the marketing, all the burnout conversations, everything. <laughs> the burnout can probably be a three-part series. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you know, we'll get to that. Um, but I, I want, I, I would love for you to share with the audience. I had mentioned before the show, first question is always the same. It's like, how did we get here? You know, what's, what's going on that like, you've got the marketing company and you've got other ventures including coffee and investments and all these things and it's great and we always use just the first part to say okay like how do we get here mm -hmm. and then let's talk about how are we balancing being here and where do we go from here after that yeah absolutely so my marketing career and let me also preface this too my social media career my experience in social media started when i was in college um, I was super eager to get out there and start working. School always came really, really hard for me. And I always wanted to be doing multiple things at once. And I wanted to be out there. So I took on an internship with Red Bull. And at that time, the Red Bull brand ambassador program was largely extensive. It was the rise of Instagram. So Facebook has, you know, was having its moment. Instagram was kind of rising up at this, as this really cool hipster, you know, photography platform. And we were working with all these brands or excuse me, we were working with all these athletes and working with the brand and Red Bull had just this really interesting company culture of there not ever being a ceiling, which set me up as a young marketer to push boundaries and to just completely think out of the box because everything was obtainable with Red Bull. So we started really honestly hustling these events and all these different marketing campaigns that they were throwing at us through social media. So like we would go and we'd bring an athlete to school and like put them on our Instagram or, you know, we would encouraging kids to post about the Red Bull parties or the Red Bull activations and showcasing everything through the digital space. Through that, we also learned that there were these things called what we called back then opinion leaders which were like the kids that had the most grab or influence on campus. And we were working directly with them to promote our events, which sounds a whole lot like influencer marketing. So there was all of this that I was kind of thrown into. And from there, I graduated college, moved back home to San Diego. I was like, I really don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Um, and I started going into hospitality worked with Marriott and Hilton, and I was managing about 15 properties across the whole portfolio, just in the digital space. So overseeing everything from their monthly campaigns to graphic design, to ad spend, to bloggers and influencers, to social media. And I was also the one that was pushing both brands to be more present on social and to start building out these these presents. So that was really interesting. It was interesting going to these corporate giants that had such long lasting infrastructure, 
and telling them they needed to hire this blogger to come to their resort and to post about it. And they needed this Instagram campaign. And they're like looking at me like I'm completely lost my mind. But from there, I worked in the hospitality group and I was like, you know what? I really just had this itch to start working with some really awesome brands. And I'm from San Diego. So we had Suja, we had Kopari, we had Liquid IV. We had all these major, major awesome CBG brands that were on the rise. And before I knew it, I was off and doing my own thing, freelancing. And from there, it kind of rose and grew into this agency. And in 2020, we got hit really hard. I had a huge vertical of hospitality that I was managing and we lost about pretty much all of it. So we pivoted and we moved into the direct-to-consumer space. When we moved into the direct-to-consumer space, I was also facing my own mental journey or my own health and wellness journey. And I was diagnosed with severe anxiety disorder and depression. And it was actually something that runs very deeply in my family. So it really felt like it would, I became a product of my genetics. And there was this brand that I was reaching out to that I had completely fallen in love with called Get Super. And it was a hemp infused coffee. And I had to start basically my, all my doctors and therapists were like, you need to cut the caffeine. You're an entrepreneur, but it's absolutely ruining your nervous system. And it's really just, you know, not doing good things for you. So I was dropping a little CBD oil in my coffee every morning. And then I stumbled across this brand. I'm like, what are you guys doing for marketing? And the original owner was like, well, I'm actually trying to sell it. So I acquired it and I was like, okay, team, this is it. This is our case study. This is what I'm passionate about. And we're going to rebrand, get super, and we're going to launch it. And when we did, it was one of our biggest biggest accomplishments as an agency. And it also now set up the trajectory of all future business. And we were able to actually double our revenue in 2021. And it was amazing. The, the company has been growing ever since, and it really kind of helped put us on the map for what we can do. And it also taught me so much about running two businesses at once and taking on multiple things. So that's how we got here, Matt. That's, that's the story. There's a lot of really great, I'm taking notes as you were, <laughs> as you were talking. There's a lot of really great points in there. You're the business, you. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. love, um, who was it online that was saying, um, uh, you don't need more experience, you need more experiments. And, wow, right? I love that. And in, I was like saying, you know, you're the business, we're the platform, we're the business, we're the experiment, we're the case study. You yeah. had something that you were passionate about that you can get behind that you used a skill set to then inject into something of purpose and value that was a need. And then how do we do it for others? We replicate the system. We replicate the, the, the entire process and then overlay it into other people's purposes and things like that. And the best part is that nobody at that point in marketing can ever, because a lot of times marketing, old school marketing, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, pizzazz me. And I'm like, pizzazz you? How about I just like get you the exact results that you want? You know, like I, <laughs> I never fit in, which is why I, but I, I learned that when we do it for ourselves and they go, I want that. I'm like, of course you do. Mm -hmm. So here's how I did it. But you're, you know, but we're an agency, so you'll, you'll pay us, whatever. Right. So I exactly. love, I love that you used you as a case study for something you're very passionate about. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and especially around anxiety, oh. that's a, that's a big, that's a big one. Um, especially in today's world um, with the amount of inputs that are coming in from everywhere. And yeah. it was cool that you also were like, no, I'm going to figure this out. 
And mm -hmm. I think that that's part of the, the process too, because yes, we've never had more inputs than ever before. And mm -hmm. aren't we lucky that we've never had more inputs than ever before if we are able to get the kind of information faster for how to like design our life or understand our yes. health and our mental health and whatnot. We just got to kind of bypass the crap. <laughs> basically. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I think that was also something too, you know, 2020 was this time of everyone was just coming back to themselves and back to the basics and it rocked everyone in its own way. But I also think that it was such an interesting opportunity for me to, like you said, rediscover and experiment and figure out what is happening with me, what's happening with these businesses. And then also too, where's, where's the level of opportunity to move into what I want to do if we're at such a ground zero point right now. Yeah. And you, by you doing something like that too, well, it's cool because you demonstrate all the, the areas of where we're heading. I authentically believe in something that I am driven by and purposeful with. And I'm now applying all the techniques that you, you know, brand X, Y, and Z that I'm basically prescribing to you. Here's the data, you know, because yeah. when you were mentioned about the corporate giants, right, the, the, the yeah. big companies, <laughs> and because I, I was a consultant for many of them, I think it was only Louis Vuitton, Moe, and Hennessy that were like, they were the greatest brands. They were like, just tell us and we'll do it. I'm like, God, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> And they were the only ones that listened, everybody else. And I was, you know, sure. this, this is 2012. And it was interesting when you were mentioning you're right. Cause like, I remember Instagram making Vuclicos and a few of them, other brands, like their Instagrams are like, I don't know how to make this Instagram profile. I was like, give me this, you know, yes. it's the only digital kid in there. And so it was, ah. it, it was interesting to watch that revolution of people not necessarily understanding, um, cause it's a different way of thinking than, you know, we got, I think they all, not they, but brands got comfortable in a physical world of kind of which they were kind of being taken like oh yeah we'll put up on a billboard don't worry we'll give you some fake numbers <laughs> you know yeah and then the digital world's like hey by the way you actually have to have your personality and you have to like interact <laughs> with people and so i think it was is i get you like trying to have them understand and i found the best way they understand is to lead by example which is exactly what you did you know yeah so. yeah and i you know i mean it was it was really interesting too because you know, I love that you talked about your new show, right? And how it's really finding your own niche and whatnot. And I think that when we had, you know, through the, through the years of owning the marketing agency, we've pivoted so much, right? Like we have this strong vertical of hospitality. We have this very strong vertical of direct to consumer, but when we had to move from hospitality into direct to consumer, there was a lot of pushback. There was a lot of like, well, you guys, you know, had this vertical of clients. Isn't that what you're known for? Isn't that what you do? So it was kind of this next step of like, well, let's see if we really can do this. And like, why not? You guys are, you know, and I, I even told my team, I'm like, you guys have a hundred percent creative freedom to move and do this thing unlike anything else. Like imagine if you had a client that was just going to say yes to everything. That's how we're going to treat Get Super. And it was funny because there were so many things about Get Super. There was just this life to it. And I loved it because we were just kind of having fun. And like you said, being authentic and talking about these things. And it started just kind of gaining traction. And like before we know it, we had you know, again, as, as a young brand launching in like 2020, we had an opportunity to go into pop-up grocery. We got approached by Urban Outfitters. We got, you know, mentioned in Forbes and we were top, you know, startup to look out for in Yahoo News and business. So there was just this, there was just this thing with it. And I think that that too was also like, 
look, we, we created this and this is us just doing what we do best. And then exactly you're right. We went back to kind of these CPG brands or direct consumer brands. And we're like, Hey, like, let's revisit this conversation because we kind of actually do, you know, know what we're talking about and we're having a lot of fun doing it. And we think that we could actually work really great with you. You removed the expectations, you removed the, you know, this is the outcome we need and this is the bottom line and, and this is how we have to do it, like how these guys over here did it and, you know, and the anxiety and all the other things. And what are you left with? Experimenting and having fun and expressing yourself. And that is a, that is a hard thing to explain to a rigid world, especially yeah. a rigid corporatism here in America. I love business, but it's not done the way it used to be done. Now there's principles in business that have to still apply, but, yeah. <laughs> but that rigid, that rigidity, it's hard for them to let go. They're like, what do you mean? No, performance, performance, performance. I'm like, what if I told you that part of what's getting in the way of your performance, which I, I realize is from more of the biohacking community and then Dr. Andrew Huberman's and like all of like mm -hmm. that side, and you're like, that's what's going on with creativity, you know? Yeah. Removing that rigidity and allowing for the expression and the fun um, behind something that's purposeful. You can't lose. And yeah. that, but that's a hard concept for a lot of brands that it's are used to, that were raised differently. Right. Thousand percent. And I think, again, like such a good testament that we're seeing right now is our is the consumer package good space right now. And I always love using there's two brands that I thought just had so much fun in their beginning days. And I think it really platformed them up for success. It's pronounced haha, -ha, but it's Jaja -ja tequila or some people call it Jaja, -ja, but it's haha -ha tequila and then also recess. And both of them, obviously being in the beverage category, were, you know, going up against a lot, tequila, and then also recess, I believe at some point had some hemp infused stuff, but they also had like the calming factors, like the magnesium, it's basically like a um, beneficial drink. But in those terms, they had so much fun on social media, recess basically just was, was posting these random graphic designs. And like kind of giving their, their cans a personality and like actually like turning them into these pro like consumer profiles, but it was just all kind of a joke. And same thing kind of came along with haha -ha tequila. It was very, you know, fun. And it all of a sudden turned the tables for, I think marketers where it was like, wait a minute, like social media is not a selling platform. Social media is a community platform. So if we are a brand and we want to succeed on a community-based platform, we should be interacting like people versus like a brand. And I think again, like when you talk about that rigidness back then, it seemed like so hard to wrap your brain around, but now we see so many brands doing it and doing it the right way. And they've built these cult followings to the point where their consumers show up every single day to their profiles, not necessarily to buy the product. To buy the product is the is the byproduct of the success. But they show up because they're feeling good, they're entertained, they're having fun, and it keeps them coming back. And I think that that is what we see for social media marketing, such the missing link that brands kind of, like you said, it, it seems a little bit too much fun. It seems too boundaryless that almost we get nervous because we're not selling messaging. We're not selling education. We're not selling consumer testimonial. We're not selling those marketing messaging brand pillars that we've all been taught to do. And I just feel like our consumer landscape is changing where that people just don't want to be marketed to. They want something they can, you know, really resonate with. 
I couldn't agree more. And I said, um, the future is relational, not transactional. Wow. Yes. And I loved it so much that it was my first piece on the blockchain. <laughs> I turned it into, <laughs> I turned it into F NFT because I'm like, you will all remember where it came from. Because, you know, like online as a writer, you get your stuff stolen all the time. So I'm like, all right, this one's going on the blockchain. No, Love but uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, it is. It's, it's relational. Community is what's driving growth because there is this relationship between um, the the authentic nature of the the creator of said brand and mm -hmm. the people said brand is serving and yeah. again that is a newer way i mean it's always been about service but i think that you know <laughs> i don't want to like shit on the past like <laughs> generations and decades of marketing and yeah. madison avenue all of this stuff but i do so <laughs> i'm just gonna be like i mean it in a healthy way but you know if they want to if they want to duke it out they can come on the show and we'll duke it out but Hell yeah. i just i just i feel that um you know it's i i, I where marketing is not meant to be hard business not meant to be hard we're here to serve and mm -hmm. when we serve in a magnitude of different ways especially like hey we're having fun with something that we also really believe in and that is welcoming and approachable and that was also a hard thing as a, you know, as a consultant, I, I remember consulting all these brands about telling them like, hey, you know, um, you can just be yourself. And they're like, yeah, no, but like, what if you get something wrong? I'm like, perfect. You know, yeah. and that wow. was that was a hard thing for <laughs> for someone like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, when you make a mistake and you actually own the mistake in front of them, you actually grow your audience. And they're like, what mm -hmm. do you mean? I'm like, exactly. I was like, because the human nature in you is what's coming, is what's attracting people in this yeah. new age that we live in. Because they're like, oh, cool, like, I get them, you know. That was kind of the basis of even the Hustle Sold Separately podcast. It was like, if we if we glorify this successful story, like, this is what they did, and, you know, good luck yeah. to you. And good luck to you out there, listener. It's like, no, actually, I wanted to show people, like, mm, they're no different than you. Just yeah. in a different season, dealing with different things, and the things that they suck at, you might actually be really good at, you know. The yeah. human, human factor, right? Human Absolutely. factor in branding. Go ahead. Sorry. No, and no, and I think I think you're spot yeah. on on that. I think that that's also something too, where, you know, we I I I, I tend to feel the same way. Like sometimes mm -hmm. when I listen to these entrepreneurial podcasts or these founders, and it's almost like the PR gig, <laughs> it 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 doesn't it doesn't inspire me. It doesn't move me. But when I hear about someone, um. Like, you know, I was just listening to a podcast with Baked by Melissa and how she created ba Baked by Melissa. And I, it's so funny, her dynamic, because her TikTok, instead of it being all about her cupcakes, is actually all about what she makes for lunch every day. And her humanness and just who she is, is so very different than that CEO energy that everyone kind of assumes that that would be someone with such a successful amount of business. But she is so intrinsically herself and down to earth and so relatable that it it almost just kind of, again, for us looking for like, who do we look to for inspiration? Who do we look to in our day-to-day -day business that inspires us? It levels the, the playing field. And it actually teaches us more because we're actually 
you know, as human beings, we're more open to listening to what they have to say and learning from them because it feels more achievable. It's like our mind can actually connect the dots versus it just being like such a huge level of success where it's like, we kind of get turned off and shut off and we're like, well, then maybe that's not possible for me. Yeah. So I, I love you touching on that. Cause I think that's so spot on. The creator economy is in full, full, full swing that I was, yeah. I was reading online. They're saying like this year, if you didn't believe it before, you better believe it by the end of this year. Like creator economy is like it's it's in such full swing where um, and it's and it's interesting watching the transition, too, because I'll see some brands get really, really, really big, like some individual people in everything from, you know, from the cooking side. There's a few people like uh, Half-Baked Harvest. I love watching her <laughs> on Instagram. Oh, she's the best. Oh my God, her stuff is so good. Like I like, I save it into like uh, food recipes because yep. like, I cook everything, <laughs> I cook everything. And like I don't, well, her stuff is maybe not as healthy, but that's okay. Like, I mean, her stuff is, it's, it's amazing, but it's, it's interesting, this creator economy that we're in, the hard part too, it, I sometimes, <laughs> I, I want to reach out to some of these individuals and be like, just because you got big doesn't mean that you have to give it over to the business gurus and the brands are like, we'll come in and take you. And, you know, I mean, now obviously I get it. You know, it might be hard to walk sure. away from like a billion, <laughs> you know, I understand yeah. that that's a little bit different, but like a lot of people you see like, Oh, we're going to be your distribution now. And we'll get you even more reach. I'm like, really? Will you? Because I own it over here and I'm happy. And this is going to lead into the whole, you know, um, when you own your distribution and you know, the balance, right? We we've, Yes, we've never had more responsibility and more ownership and control over our brands and businesses and things like that. Um, but we've also, that can also provide a sense of balance. There is harmony that can be had. Yes, there's moments where I think we're feeling like we're doing way too much because you know that's, that is the beginning of any work in anything, whether it's your body, your finances, your, you know, your mental health, your business, all of it is the same, mm -hmm. but the good news is that we do live in a time where um, harmony has never been more accessible mm -hmm. in creating the whole vision, if you will, brand, multiple brands and a life, you know, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're teeing me up right here. I am, I am, I am, I <laughs> am. Um, you know, I think Okay. So uh, let me also like, I feel like I need to kind of put this into context. So I, I come from an entrepreneurial family. Um, yeah. My great grandpa started this business that carried down to my grandfather, to my dad. Eventually it will kind of be ca casted down to me and my family. But I really grew up with this idea of you have to work for your success. And that success does not come overnight. It is a grind and it is something where you put in your life into it. It's a very, very kind of old age way of thinking. And again, it's also a very, you know, masculine way of thinking. And again, all of, all of the family generations have all been men. And I think when I was moving through understanding the mental health on my family and then understanding my diagnosis, there was this moment where I remember my coach and my therapist and everyone that was helping me was like, you cannot keep going this way. Like you cannot keep, keep moving and burning and, you know, pushing yourself through all this. And, you know, my dad has been my biggest hero since day one. And I look to him for everything. And I, I remember talking with him about it. And I remember thinking like there, you know, there needs to be 
there has to be some way because I'm multidimensional as a human being. And there's so many things I have so much interest in. And, you know, more recently I've gotten more into investing. I've gotten more into really understanding how to build a brand. And I've really wanted to continue to expand myself and all the things that interest me. However, there is the real conversation of burning out that comes to play when this, when we're looking at this. So what I've found is that there's a season for everything. There's a season for grinding. There's a season for building. There's a season for taking that time to reflect and rest and having that opportunity to be bored and to be in that creative thinking where it's like, well, what is next? What is the next best move? And I think, again, as I was moving through all of this, because I was dealing with such severe anxiety, I was dealing with these triggers that would put me into panic attacks and, you know, just being completely, you know, in ketosis and everything like that. It was like, I had to take moments where I had to stop. So when I looked at Ekus Marketing and when I looked at Get Super, I got very clear on what is the season for where I'm going to build this. And I'm going to have those moments where I can grind and there's going to be those 12 hour, 14 hour days. There's going to be those times where my sleep is, you know, sacrificed and, you know, there's, there's more creative energy and input being put here, but also too, where is the time for rest and to recharge and to rejuvenate. And I think as an entrepreneur, it's so easy for us to do the grind and it becomes such an addiction where we get so used to it that all of a sudden we have the anxiety when we're not working and when we're not thinking and we're not creatively in that headspace where this becomes almost like this is not only hard, but it's terrifying and it's almost just as exhausting because it's so hard to calm our nervous systems down. So the way, again, that I've looked at everything is like burnout is real. I faced it multiple times, but what I have to remember is like, I have to let go and I have to move out of that. And I have to also remember that if I'm going to build, this is what I'm going to build. Here's the timeline. Here's the expiration date of this build. Then I'm going to release it. Then I'm going to turn it over to my team to execute. I'm going to manage or let someone else manage it, but then I'm going to step away to recharge so that I can come back to it either to continue to scale and grow or, you know, to go off into something else. And again, like I, it is hard there. I don't think there is any true finite balance. And I think again, that's with burnout. We have to face what we really need as human beings and you need rest and you still need to be in your creative element, but you can't be at your top if you're completely drained constantly. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a very, very dear friend of mine say, I don't know if I believe in the word balance, but mm -hmm. I like the word harmony. And I was like, I like ooh, that too. okay. And I was like, mm -hmm. explain. And she said, well, we can always be doing all the right things, but at any given point in time, the, the scales can tip, right? Because mm -hmm. that's the, that's life, that's change. It always happens again. Like, But harmony is how do we stay, how is our state of being as things are constantly changing? I was like, there, okay, I got it. Wow. I, I get you, um, same multi-entrepreneurial family. Um, grandpas and uncles and cousins and everybody <laughs> in our family always kind of being the outlier, you know? Yeah. Um, so I get you. So the work ethic and integrity was always there. Um, I like you had burned out many times and this run is different for me 
because I finally got to enough is enough where I realized that there's a beautiful um, harmony, if you will, of um, how do we optimize our total life performance on a daily basis? So yes. that same work that we would do in like a season of building and a season of this and see of that, I definitely have that. I'm definitely building. I'm at I'm asleep at eight eight thirty. I'm awake oh. at four thirty five, and it seems crazy to everybody else outside my circle. I love it. I absolutely yeah. love. It. I love it. Like, and I mean, I sleep so good that eight hours. <laughs> I get up. And I'm like, by nine o'clock when everybody's like, whew, I'm just starting. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. And by the way, all of next week's stuff is done. Good luck. You know, it's I like, it's, it's this, um, and I do deep work sprints like Cal Newton. So I started, I started integrating a lot of, okay, how does creativity work? Mm-hmm. How does, what's the neuroscience behind, uh, let me back up for you. I get you with, with the burnout because I was having a lot of guilt because I do, I like work. I like work. I get addicted to work, especially on things I'm passionate about. Yep. But if I abuse it the way an addict can abuse it, I can lose it. (laughs) I can like, I can, it it can work against me. Yes. 100%. And that's where the enough as enough came in. I'm like, there's gotta be this beautiful. So between the mixture of Naval Ravikant, the almanac of Naval and the book, essentialism, the disciplined pursuit of less, less, but better. Um, I, I was like, all right, let me take in neuroscience, creativity, and like neuroplasticity and like, and like, let's look at like peak performance and why are some hours of the day better than others? And what does your schedule really say? And when do you do deep work? And when do you rest? When do I do my ice baths? When do I do my weight training? When do I eat? When do I, I mean, I mean, that's how far I took it. I love it. I've never had the most peace, more time, better health. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, like and it's so funny. I love when people are like, you're busy. I'm like, no, I'm intentional. I was like, yeah. my afternoons and evenings are actually open. I'm like, I, I'm in. So to your point, I, in the afternoons, they're open, but I am in a building phase. I'm, I'm rebranding some things with my personal brand. Well, I lovingly have that time because I have my deep work sprints in the morning that are all, all the things are done and I know why they're done. I know what tasks they are that had to be executed in those time blocks. And it's like, I just, I think I, as a creative and a visionary, and you are a creative and a visionary, it's easy to see all the things. Mm-hmm. But I used to dread uh, discipline. I work because I just love work. Yes. But I applied Bruce Lee like discipline and routine. And that changed everything and calendaring and scheduling. I, I was worried it was gonna be restrictive. It's been the most expansive thing, harmonious thing in my life. Now so much that I'm like, we gotta teach people this, which I am. <laughs> I'm just like, cause it's like, it, it makes such a difference in how the day nervous system wise feels. Cause it's like the change happens. I'm like, yeah, okay. And it's like, I'm always prepared for it. I'm always prepared for change, even though like the art of uncertainty, right? How do you live with knowing that everything is uncertain? And so yeah. it's like, you're always prepared for it. <laughs> I uh, mean, I, I think that you, you touched on something there where it's like, I, I was the same way, you know, uh-huh. I, and I'm so honest and open about this. I hate working out. It has never been something that I loved. I'm not an athlete by nature. I am very, I'm just not that human being and that's okay. And so any, any form of discipline, any form of routine was just really not attractive to me. 
And, but I, but same thing, I loved working. I loved the vision and the ambitiousness and everything that came with working. And it didn't, you know, I could grind myself to the bone and I would still love it. But I went through that process and especially too, during this, you know, my health journey, I was kind of forced to, you know, explore what morning practices looked like, what evening practices looked like. And I'm actually the same thing with you. I find so much more expansion in having a schedule where I can look forward to it. And I know that also too, it's setting me up for success. And even part of the schedule now, like I'm working out five days a week where before it was like hard for me to hit a thousand steps, you know, being in a desk job. So there's this, there's this sense of now where it's like, it is freeing. And it also is catering to the things that you want in life, you know, calming the nervous system, feeling like you're having that. I love that you mentioned deep work. I, I just did, I just finished the book. It's incredible. But I, I, I love that you talk about the deep work early in the mornings. I find myself now again, I wasn't someone that was waking up super early. I'm waking up at five or six every single morning. I'm going to bed around nine or 10. I have my meals, you know, before my six o'clock mark. It's, I have everything really dialed and it's really interesting for me because I'm so not that routine person, but when it caters to that and you feel that freedom. And then, like you said, you feel good you feel more creative, you feel more energetic, you're, you're able to, like you said, free up your, you know, free up your afternoons, not worry on your weekends. Like there's, there's a lot of freedom in it. And I, I think again, it is kind of that reverse psychology where it's like, it doesn't sound like that until you're in it and you realize how much more beneficial it is. Hey fam, quick break from the show. Just to let you know, I'm doing a bit more writing on my weekly letter. It's called Permissionless. I talk about all things health, wealth, happiness, and personal fulfillment. As many of you may know, writing is my passion. I love connecting with all of you on that. I would love to see you go subscribe, mattgoddessman.substack.com. Subscribe if you haven't already. And also please remember to leave a rating and review for this podcast on Apple or Spotify as it really helps spread the mission even further. And as the ratings and reviews go up, even more people can learn about what we're doing over here. And I really appreciate that. And of course, if there's someone you think that might be a good fit for coming on the show, you can always DM me on Instagram. As I always tell you guys, DM me at Matt Gosman. You can tag them in the message and I'll be able to look at them and try to connect. And I truly love you guys. I just want to say thank you as always. Please continue to support the show by connecting in all the other ways. And now let's get back to it. I said on episode, I think it was like four or five of the Niches You, my Niches You podcast, Discipline is Freedom. That was um, mm-hmm. in it. You'll find everything, including, and I said, Discipline is Freedom, including love. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, it's, um, I, I I hear you. Like, I I think the last time I was an athlete was like in high school and I just, uh, well, you know, I think everybody gets to the health journey. There's either a burnout or a loss of some sorts or whatever it is. I had a burnout and my father passed and he's like, you know, he's my, my, my best friend and mentor in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, and I remember watching him, he loved his work. But watching him work in the hospital bed up until like the last day, that was rough for me. And I was like, no, no, this stops here. We have to change our whole approach. And I was reading, I, I later found out something that I learned in the book, Essentialism, The Discipline Pursuit of Less, but it was like, um, how do you, uh, one decision that makes a thousand, learn how to make one decision that makes a thousand others. 
Wow. And one of the things I did with with working out was, you know what, I'm going to go to a trainer. Yeah. I was like, now I know I can go to the gym by myself, no problem. But I have to think too much. And I was like, just another, and I was like, what were the barriers and the obstacles for me there? I was like, think too much because like, well, what is best for my body right now? And then what is this? And what is that? I went to a trainer. I actually ended up with two trainers, but I ended up, I went to a trainer and I was like, you listen, I'm like, you tell me what to do. And mm -hmm. I don't have to think, but, and then it was, okay, well, what are your 90 day goals? I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm like, we're going forever until I die. And the trainer was like, I love you as a client. I'm like, I know you do. I know you do. I know you do. I was like, but this is a lifestyle. And they're like, it is a lifestyle. I try to explain it to everybody. I'm like, I finally get it. And I was like, and what's going to happen is in year two, three, four, five, it will be a habit for me. So even on days that you're not available or I'm out of town or wherever I go, it'll be a lifestyle. My nutrition will be a lifestyle. And no matter where I'm at, I'll actually know how to do whatever exercise I need to go into at that moment. And suddenly I found myself here. I am in like three and a half years, four years later. And like, I never thought I'd be in athlete mode. And now I'm training at weight training levels that I'm like, holy shit. Like it's, it's wild to watch the body change, but more importantly, it was cool to like, okay, what's the obstacle? And then why wasn't I, cause I like work like you, I like working. I love being in creativity. I love it. It was just sort of like anything that was getting in the way until I realized yeah. like, oh, that expands the way. And yes. so, so now the workouts, I get all my podcast episodes during the workouts because I'll be, we'll be having set, like talks and I'm like, that's a podcast episode. That's a podcast. Episode. And I'm sitting there with my phone <laughs> like that. I'm going to cue that up for a 12 minute episode, you know, and it, what it does to our brain when we actually put our health first is it helps everything else. It helps mm -hmm. our business and our relationships and our finances and our creativity and our, you know, our projects. And like, it doesn't detour them and it's and he was saying how the trainer was saying how i always i always feel bad when people are are struggling something's going on in their life or with a job change or they lose their job or just whatever different things or you know loss in the family whatever and then health is the first thing that they let go of that's yeah. the thing you need to double down on more than ever and i was like i know i know because even if you can't afford it make it <laughs> just ah. just or even if you're grieving do it like it's mm -hmm. like the most tangible way to reset and charge and push forward everything else in your life. I couldn't agree yeah. more. And I, I think that, again, it, there there is something that happens too to us chemically, right? When we, yeah. when we do take care of ourselves, it's, you know, I even find myself when we're in, when I'm, when I, when I've, you know, going from someone that again, didn't have this schedule, didn't have this routine to someone that was now, you know, really kind of dialing in the schedule and this routine, I started realizing too, like my anxiety and just my, my mental, you know, thoughts and my thought patterns and the way that almost, again, it's, you're calming your nervous system to that sense, but also too, there's also this sense of self-trust that comes with it. And I think it also builds a better relationship to our mind and to our bodies and just trusting like who we are at our core, because we're in, instead of being in that fight or flight response and this kind of chaotic energy where we're just kind of like trying to fit everything in and we're trying to make everything work and we're constantly just always on to now it's like the self-trust of like, well, I now can trust myself because I know when I'm going to rest today. I know when I'm going to work out. I know when I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be able to sleep well tonight. Right. Cause I've done, I've done the work. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it does something to us too, kind of mentally where it says we're exactly like you said, it really does set us up for success and it, it bleeds in, into everything that we do. Clarity. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ultimate, yeah. it's the ultimate clarity. And you're like, and when you're so clear, it's again, that's why handling the, um, the uncertainties of life, the changes of life, or like when things happen, you know, um, it, it, that calm nervousness and that clarity is like, all right, you know, like it's funny now. I, I mean, uh, uh, recently I dropped a, like a huge vase, vase, vase in the kitchen and it fell. I was like, all right. You know, it's like, I'm so, you just like, oh, I guess I'll just clean it up. And then even that's yeah. meditative for me. I'm like, oh, like, oh, you know what? This really need to be clean this area. <laughs> like you just, yeah. you're so not, you're not reactionary. Mm -hmm. You're responsive. Yeah. I, you, you know, instead of being so like, I, I'm going to react and like, I'm, you know, I'm taking that chaos and applying chaos. It's now like something chaotic can happen. You're like, all right, you know, uh, I can calm the chaos and initiate the change on top of that change, you know, and, and so Absolutely. it's, it's interesting. I mean, I, um, you know, uh, it's like, we're the system. And if yeah. we can, uh, if we can create a system and set of systems for us and in business, I, that's actually where it started. It was, I realized uh, systems of business. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. If you actually template things and SOP things and, you know, document them here and then just repeat them again i i thought systems and repetition were boring and then i was like oh my yeah. god they're freedom because yeah. if you have systems and repetition you know the outcome and yeah. they're and outcomes are predictable you know mm -hmm. i think it's just that again when we're younger we're not necessarily taught that and so i i was i also was nervous about systems repetition and mundane like oh i'll be boring it'll be restrictive it'll be you know it's like no, actually, it's quite the opposite. It's a lot of dopamine in real time that you're creating um, and enjoying the process. I didn't, again, I'm like, what does that mean? Enjoy the journey, trust the process, enjoy the journey. And mm -hmm. I got so mad that I was like, I want to understand what that means. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what does that really mean? Like, how do you enjoy yeah. it? You know, so you, you stop being so impatient. And it's like, oh, I get it. When you really are like Michelangeloing your own life. Mm -hmm. and you're creating it all around you, like kind of chiseling at everything. And you're like, oh, I can see it now. It makes sense. And the mundane is like where all the magic happens, right? Yeah. And I, I, that's the best part, right? When you get <laughs> into that mindset where you also start, like you said, hacking into your life and knowing what works and what doesn't work and you get into that creative play. Yeah. Okay. If I eat this, I feel this way. If I eat this, I feel that way. If I go to bed at this time, or if I don't meditate in the morning, or if I don't journal, or if I choose to move directly, I find myself more like reactive. It's, it is, it's systemizing and it's, it can become that. And it can become that really interesting experiment where again, now you are Michael, Michelangelo in your <laughs> life and do what works best for you. Here's a question for you. I'd be curious if you've dealt with this. Um, I noticed that as I started to creatively understand and make different choices, um, coming from the opposite, it's an interesting um, relationship with self. Did you did you see the nervousness happen? Like it's almost like you're you're ripping yourself part of the old, you know, of like away from the 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 nervousness of it. And there'd even be like you said earlier, it's like. Uh, you almost feeling guilty for like not working, but like, wait a minute, not only did it all get done, I'm ahead, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, but, but the body is so used to neurologically and habitually yeah. to an mm -hmm. old way that like the nervous system I had to, uh, like, even as I got things under control, 
my nervous system had to catch up to the fact that I had things under control, my, my things under control. Yeah. My, my nervous system had to catch up because it still wanted, it was almost like it was still addicted to the old, but it was like, oh no, no, you can actually go play or you can go do something else or you can go whatever else. And huh? it was such this tug of war at times internally that I was like, wow, is that how I was operating before? Which is why now I have so much, I have empathy for the outside world from that. But at the same time, I'm like, ooh, you're gonna have to rip that bandaid off one day and start dealing with it. <laughs> you know? Yep. I, I think the, I think the hardest part is like, you know, when, when we do step away, it, everything falls into place, yeah. but our, it's almost like the inertia effect, right? Like we've stopped, but our body's still like catching up. And it's really interesting because I think too, it's like, you have to mentally bring yourself to that point of like, here's why we are stopping. Here's why we're not going to do this. We're not going to micromanage the team. We are not going to insert ourselves into our inbox when we are on vacation. And I think also too, there's also this form of business where I, I, I totally believe and people taking time off and people taking time to step away because there's something with it where energetically things start to flow in and being an entrepreneur, being so ingrained into what you do in your business, you need things to kind of flow without you sometimes. And you need that step away for not only your sake, but also for your team's sake and for the business's sake. And I think it opens up a lot of also new opportunities to also expand and come back to things where you're like, Hmm, was this op optimized perfectly or is there room for improvement or is there room for things to, you know, kind of be looked into? So I think it goes multiple ways. I think again, like just taking that time for ourselves, stepping away, calming our nervous system. And again, building that trust within ourselves of like, this is my time to rest. I have done all the things and I know, and I'm fully, I, sh I need to feel that confidence in and within myself that I've set everything up for success that will be. And anything that is going to move through that, any work or anything that's going to come from that is an opportunity for me to lean into that growth period or for me to look at what systems aren't working. So I think it's like twofold. There's like quite a lot there, but at least that's how I calm myself, especially when I like walk away for like a week long vacation where I'm just off the map. No, it's so well said earlier. You said creative play. You know, I like this idea of, yeah, you know, how did I feel when I did this? How do I feel when I do that? And when you like we as humans make everything so complicated. Yeah. And if we can simplify the hard and instead allow more for, OK, how am I feeling right now? Like just basically treating ourselves the way we're so good at treating everybody else. Well, yeah, except for, <laughs> except for the occasional person who might be an asshole. But like, but I mean, like, yeah. but, but if you're, you know, we, we give so much love to everybody else. But if you really just love, really love on yourself and like do that check and creative play of like, you know, why is it every time I do this at this time, for some reason, like I get the best output. Should I do that again? Yes. You know, and then if I do that there, should I schedule it? And if I do that there, then I won't schedule anything else. And if I don't schedule anything else there, including some of these things I used to do, I'll move those things over here. Mm -hmm. And if they don't work better over here, where do they work better? And like now you're in creative journey mode of like what works for me and what doesn't. You're like, it's the best accountability versus, you know, ha having everybody else dictate what would be best for you, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, I, I like, while I don't believe, I, I don't know, there's a, I know everybody's not built for entrepreneurship, but yes, we are. 
because mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is really just accountability and personal development. Yeah. <laughs> so, and responsibility. <laughs> so like, so, and I think Naval or somebody had said it like, I mean, technically we're all entrepreneurs in some way, if we choose to take accountability um, mm-hmm. for our, ourselves and the world in which we want to create. And, and that is management. And mm-hmm. management in essence is building something. And if you're building your life, you are the entrepreneur of, you know, Whitney, Inc. <laughs> and Matt Inc. Right. So I feel like that uh, sounds like a whole nother podcast episode right there. It will be. You know, we're not done yet. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, I always say this at the end. I always tell uh, every guest that you're welcome back on any time because it's a journey driven podcast. And in fact, the best it, what's cool is seeing the people who come back on two and three times and like some have been, you know, six months to a year. Some have been a couple of years later. Some have been there's one individual was like every year for like three or four years. Right. And it's, it's always wow. interesting to watch. Yeah, the conversation evolve around a lot of different things. Like, so when we talked about this, here's what's happened since then. You know, and you're yeah. like, yeah, how did that go? What's the journey doing now? You know, what's the pivot, right? Um, yeah, you know. So yeah, that will be uh, that'll be you know part two or three for sure. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, but I I um but I I like what you're saying about again the the creative play and it's 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 self observation leads to self actualization, right? I mean, how else do we know to bring forward? what we want and feel right unless we look at what's currently going on under the hood. Right. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, again, I think when you, when you talk about entrepreneurship, it has been the biggest, you know, entrepreneurship's just like holding a mirror right in front of you and like everything that you do, you're seeing reflected directly back to you. And I think that's also too, there's this part of entrepreneurship that is so challenging And I think, again, it is that accountability. It is that building my life for myself. It is that, well, now I'm responsible, you know, twofold for my own actions. And then now my actions for my employees, for my clients, for everything else. And so I, I love that because I, you know, again, like we, we walk through all the, a lot of emotions and a lot of different character challenges in entrepreneurship, but I think you're spot on. It's it is because the accountability is because you're building the life for yourself. Right. I uh, I saw that somewhere, along, or I know I posted a version of it online a couple years back. It was like entrepreneurship is the fastest way into personal development. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have no yeah. choice. You're like, am I the problem? I'm like, well, yes. yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Somewhere. I mean, it all starts at the top. So you're like, shit. Like you can't blame anybody. You don't have that luxury. Uh-huh. You know, you have zero. And then I mean, we. I also like anytime any of us get sick. I was called the entrepreneurial flu. It's like you have five hours to figure it out how to get better, <laughs> get, yeah. get right back into it. Like I don't have time to be sick. It's gone. Yeah. I'll get it gone in five. You know, unless it's really bad, right? But um, yeah. So uh, it is a fast way into um, how do I understand a, you know myself and how am I leading you know myself and others that are relying on me or the people I serve. You know, so mm-hmm. it in and that's why I've always loved marrying business and spirituality together. Um, before it was cool, <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, you know, uh, it's funny early when you're talking about Instagram back in the day, I remember those days. Um, yeah. and I remember, and when you earlier on, when you were mentioning about like, before they were even calling them influencers, it's true. So like, yeah. I remember we were part of the crew that was all like the first to get to hundred thousand on Instagram. And oh my gosh. so, so interestingly enough, and I was talking about this with case Kenny, um, it's a case online. He's got a really big, his personal brand is huge. Now we used to work together on some stuff way back when we started this podcast. Um, and uh, I was like, 
you know, it's weird when you think about how far the game has come. Like, this is before the Kardashians were ever on uh, Instagram. I was like, do you find it weird that, like, remember when, like, the original people who got to 100,000, they were then like, hey, um, we'll do posts for you. And yes. um, and you'll charge twenty five bucks. Uh, like how much? Like twenty five bucks. I'm like cool. And we would and the algorithm hadn't changed. So we like we'd get two three thousand you know new follows from like one twenty five dollar post. And he, and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, I feel like that's the untold story because that got like before all the, like that they weren't calling them influencers at the time. And then all of a sudden, influencer marketing started being called that. And then people started charging. Now you got like people like. Cristiano, like, you know, yeah. a million dollars a post. And I'm like, boy, that escalated quickly. Like, we were joking yeah. because <laughs> because most people don't know. There wasn't anybody else. I mean, it was 2014, 2015. Nobody yeah. was like really thinking about that. Except no. these guys that like uh, think and grow prosper, millionaire mentor, like uh, all these guys that, you know, uh, whatever. Uh, but they got to 100,000 and then they got to like a million for all that stuff. And it was wild because that was a plat. It was like you said, Facebook was, you know. Previous. Yeah. I was just having a nostalgic moment earlier when you mentioned that. I was like, oh my God, I remember those days. And it was like, um, you know, it's funny to see how far, you know, everything has changed. But, um, you know, diverting back to, you know, um, the best thing I think about building, especially online and being entrepreneurial is you're building in public and you're building in real time and you're learning in real time. I think that's also the movement that we're really living in and through which will be the most sustainable uh, is that authenticity was always the win and it was hard to play that in a world that was more about the likes and the follows but now authenticity is the only way and yeah. you're seeing this whole i love the whole build in public movement and because it's like hey here's who i am and where i'm at now and please yeah. join me for the journey yeah so bring it all full circle it's sort of like wow to, like join me for the journey and we'll see where this goes and people feel invested in you as well and yeah. it also sparks them to do the journey as well with you thousand percent yeah i love that and i i think also too it's funny because we haven't really touched on tiktok but you talk about this authenticity and you know i feel like a couple years right we saw like the real rise of like the kind of girly lifestyle influencer that was really kind of capitalizing on their life and it was very curated and now we're seeing this whole new rise and this whole new trend of tiktok where it's like so uncurated it's so fast moving. It is so quick snips and snaps and movements of life in general, where people are, it, it's, it's beyond past pull behind the curtain and let's see what someone's really doing in their day to day. And I almost love that more because it feels like it is, it, it, it is that I'm along with your journey and I am invested. I am invested and I can't look away. And I think that that's just such an interesting move from what we've seen on Instagram to now what we're seeing on TikTok. Uh -huh. You know, I, I had a lot of different thoughts about TikTok, mm -hmm. um, but um, I'm rethinking some of them. I still have some of them for sure. There's, you know, there's certain aspects of TikTok that I'm not going to talk about here and bring it on, on about <laughs> my, my, but uh, I just re-downloaded it because I'm actually about to uh, run up a new style of posts um, that are animated. Um, and uh, so they're all, so they're taking like written word, um, but like very mental model constructs and actually making them, they're animated minimalist reels. Um, so I just re-downloaded um, you know, TikTok, but a few friends that are on there that have grown very swiftly on there do talk about the loyalty over there is different. Because there is loyalty. <laughs> because there is loyalty. Well, to your point, is that yeah. they're, they're invested, they appreciate, they comment, they um, you know, uh, they they they're just they're active, 
and um, with Instagram, you know, and that, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, the behind the scenes with Facebook and pay to play and a lot of other things and algorithms and stuff and, you know, kind of like curating 100%. like this is what should be popular versus that, you know, and all that other stuff. Exactly. Whereas, you know, TikTok for sure, um, and they got their own politics over there, but like in pride yeah. I ideologies and whatnot. But it is, I mean, whatever it is, it's behind the scenes. Like, here you go. Here's the behind the scenes. Um, and the people seem to be very loyal and like, oh, thank you so much for, you know, for doing this or whatever it might be. So it's also, it's interesting because you, you hit the nail on the head. I think we're so fatigued by, by the whole meta space as consumers and as yeah. users that TikTok, there's this level playing ground for everyone right now. So everyone has potential to have that virality moment, even if it's something as simple as, you know, I mean, I, I'm dying over the whole caviar trend right now. You know, of everyone wanting to try caviar because of this girl named Danielle. But I think again, it's, it's this, it's this relatability where everyone's kind of moving to it because it feels like everyone is, everyone is not out of reach and your own content as a consumer mm -hmm. is also not out of reach. Mm -hmm. And there's no, exactly what you said, there's no right way or wrong way of doing it. It's just what interests people the most. Yeah. So I think I think you're spot on on that because like, I, I'm even waiting for the moment of when do the politics set in? You know, when does the business infrastructure start, you know, start moving at the way that everything's going? But I think for the time being right now, it's just a really interesting landscape to be kind of watching as it progresses. I've always loved digital for the um, landscape being leveled. Everybody's got a shot. Yep. Back to the whole personal development part. And it's like, I think that the part that some people don't realize in being influ an influencer is that, um, you know, I was like the word influential over influencer. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a, a role to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And the issue that I've seen with a lot of people is like um, when they swear by this is the only way and this is how to think, we've got an issue. And so and I and it was interesting watching like when, you know, 2020 happened and a lot of people were like, you've got big platforms. I'm surprised you don't want to talk about these things. I'm like, well, first of all, everybody's being gaslit on all sides, just so you're aware. Second of all, I'm like, I'm not here to tell people how to think. I was like, yeah. as an influencer, which I don't even like that word, I was like, my goal is to help people think, you know, uh, for themselves. Um, and when you do that and you do the work, you start to realize a lot more of all the shit that's being shoveled to you is not exactly <laughs> ex like, yeah. it's not exactly kosher. Like you kind of start to see like, wait a minute, like, yes, go on. You're like, is that, and am I seeing like, go on, you know? And I was like, but when I think about influencers online and you see this a lot is um, it's okay to express yourself. Absolutely. But there's responsibility in that too. And I think people have to say, listen, here's what I am finding is working for me. And here's what's, you know, happening. And here's something to, to think about um, versus here's what's wrong with so-and-so and here's what's wrong with that. And here's how it should be. And it's like, well, now we got a fundamental, we got a lot of fighting going on. We got a lot of like, and it's, and it's, it's run itself, it's courses into a lot of different areas um, that it shouldn't be. And, you know, it's also shaping a lot of different things. And again, that could also just be in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm seeing quite a little bit different over in Europe and other places in South America. But, 
but still um so i think people have to realize like the personal development is we have a personal responsibility no matter how big anything we create whether it is visible in the physical world or in the digital world and mm -hmm. we have a constant dedication to always um, building a better and better version of ourselves and how the way we present ourselves, bring ourselves to not present, but bring ourselves, our authentic selves to the world without lashing out on everybody else and telling them like, let me, let me not build my brand from like being so extreme. And I get that that's what sells online at times too. But like, I also think that that model is dying because the rise yeah. of creator economy is sort of like, okay, let me just go help the people over here. And that's getting all, that's starting to take away all the attention. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting, it's an interesting time. It's going to be an interesting, I feel like we're living the time between two paradigms, one dying 100%. and the other one growing. And it's very, it's like interesting watching a tale of two that I hate, they hate to use the word sides, but two, two paradigms happening, two sides. You're like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that doesn't really work anymore. It looks like it's where I always say it's the Titanic, pretty on the outside, sinking on the inside. <laughs> right. It's like, it's yeah. very, you're like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to go play over here. <laughs> Totally. Um, what do you do you have anything coming up that you know is exciting that you're i mean obviously every day is exciting <laughs> i know but like anything in particular you want to share that's coming up that you want to everybody know about um i mean there's so many things i'm actually you know 2023 is it's kind of the year for me to really look at where where I'm leading with my mission, if I'm being completely honest, I think that obviously my agency and get super are so intrinsically part of who I am, um, on more of like the professional career path, but you know, my biggest mission in life is to inspire and empower and really to especially help women in business and help women in educating themselves on like what you said, building your life, being your own Michelangelo. And I think that as I look at 2023, there's so much that I am really wanting to reinvest back in that I haven't had so much time to. I have a podcast, it's called Under the Influence, where we talk about the power of influence and talk with a bunch of different entrepreneurs. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and, but I also think too, you know, there's, there's just a lot that I feel like I've learned through these experiences. And again, you know, I started my agency when I was 22 and there was so much that I learned because I was so naive and just at that point kind of fearless and launching whatever I wanted to, that it, it set me up for learning and experiencing so many different things and in the world of business and then also too personally. But I think definitely 2023 this year is just really looking at what ways can I expand out my, you know, my mission and the education that I have and really opening it up to people that want to learn more about business. They want to learn more about investing. They want to learn about how to build and platform their own message and mission. So that's kind of what we're looking at for this year. The niche is you. <laughs> the niche is you know <laughs> i do know you know it is a good feeling it's it's fun you know i, I talk about that a lot now on matt Gottesman on, on on um instagram about like yeah like the niche is you is like you want to talk about this this and this great mm -hmm. you know and and been fun watching a lot of different people who are so many things um yeah. talk about like pairing up and that's nothing that's not anything new we've we've seen polymaths throughout history we've seen a lot of people who like were multifaceted throughout history um or even recent history and, and still alive that are like they do multiple things it's like yeah they're one they're an athlete but then they're also like you know a coder <laughs> and then yeah. they're also and then they're also you know it's like all these different things you know and a painter 
you're like, wow, that's three very distinctly different things. Like yeah. One minute you're a linebacker, <laughs> the next minute, you know, you're a painter and the next minute you're, you know, um, a coder. It's, it's cool. It's a really cool time. And um, that's the beauty of, um, you know, you now dedicating more of that to you and like showing people like, hey, here's why I'm actually into all these things in the first place. I created this. Yeah. But this doesn't define me. All this Absolutely. other stuff is like I'm a I'm a I'm a like a melting pot of all kinds of different things, you know. So and I think too, I mean, you know, we're all multidimensional, yeah. right? And so I think that I love I love that you're talking about like, you know, the niche is you because it is. And I think that also too, that's what we're also seeing is that people are drawn to that because it's not just, you know, Matt, you do one thing that's great. It's that you have this array of interests and that it's all part of your journey. And again, I look at myself in that same capacity where it's like, well, wait a minute, I still want to go and play in all these different areas, but I'm, I'm still Whitney. The mission is still the same. The businesses are still there intrinsically part of me, but what else can I be playing with and what else can I be doing? And, and, you know, I want to make sure it's not like, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, but it's also this kind of, there's, everyone is so multidimensional. And I think that we get to play in that area as well. We get to explore what that looks like. I forget the fuller quote. There was a girl who did, the voice went viral on Instagram on, um, she's like, have you ever heard of jack of all trades, master of none? And the guy goes, yeah. And she goes, what you don't know is the rest of the quote. And it actually oh. works in your it works in your favor for being a, a jack of all trades, master of none. And then it goes on this like this tangent about why a jack of all trades is actually a very good thing. So the part was left out. I didn't know that e either. This is last year. I, I heard the. I was like, thank God. I was like, I was. Yeah. I was. I mean, I definitely master certain things because that is my sure. like my thing, and I will do it till the day I die. Writing is one of them. You know, um, communication, podcasting is another one of them. But. But yeah, look up the, find the, find the fuller quote and it'll, it'll be, it'll make you feel even better about like being more than one thing. <laughs> so. I know. And I completely yeah. agree with that. And I think I get a lot of, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten a lot of pushback, especially to, you know, we talk about going through this burnout phase, a lot of the advice that I was receiving, a lot of the input was that I was receiving was that I was doing too much and, you know, I was being too much for all these different things. And I think that, yes, there's an element to that. But I also think that too, you can be serial in what you want to do. You know, again, I think of mastering your craft. I think knowing what you want to be known for. I think brand pillars, content buckets, those kind of things of who you are is absolutely important because you want to be known for the for the mastery of what you do. But you don't have to limit. Right. And I think too, if you also want to move into different industries, I also think that's great. So I, I will definitely look that up because I'm, I'm a firm believer of that all the way. <laughs> I, I found it. But before I say that, um, yeah. you're absolutely right. And so that's why I even use the, the platform as the niche is you to be, oh, mm -hmm. I can be a master of the niche is you, meaning like yeah. I can be the master of like, how do you do life design exactly? Like, what does it look like professionally, personally? mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. So <laughs> I made it. I so there's still the, our entrepreneurial mind still kind of coming into it, of course. But so the quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Wow. Uh, so, you know, being multifaceted works more in your favor and is more advantageous. Couldn't agree more, Matt. Right. So Could not go. agree more. So there you go. So you were right on path. Uh, amazing. Where can everybody find you online? 
Yeah, absolutely. You guys can follow my personal journey just at Whitney Eckes. You guys can look up the businesses at Eckes Marketing, at Get Super, Get Super spelled G-E-T-S-U-P-R. We're fancy. We dropped our second E. Um, and then, yeah, listen to the show. Listen to the podcast. And Matt, I'm I'm so excited to be on your show. So thank you so much. Love to have you on Under the Influence. Done. Would love to put you in the hot seat and hear all the wonderful stories and magic that is your life. But thank you so much for, for having me on. It was really great. Absolutely. Done and done. I'll put um, all of your links in the show notes as well, too, so everybody can find oh. you. Um, everybody, if you are, uh, you know, get a moment, not only uh, make sure you go check out all of Whitney's stuff, but you can reach out to her. She's busy, but I was I was telling people, I'm like, be appropriate, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> be patient, be a patient. Please be reach patient. out to me. I be, love yeah, it. You know, um, you know, she's doing lots of stuff, but, you know, she like I we always believe in community. So um, feel free to reach out. And I just, I appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to our show today. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, uh, knowledge bombs going on in this one. <laughs> so I look forward to part two, round two. We'll do, you know, whether it's three months from now, six months from now, whatever. I always tell people, I'm like, it can be as soon as you really Let's want, you know, because um, uh, life in our world changes like by the hour. So, you know, next month is like a whole new set of things. Um, but uh, you're welcome back on anytime. And I look forward to that. And uh, say, stay on for a second. We'll, we'll connect here in just a minute. For everybody listening, please go check out um, Eckes Marketing at Whitney Eckes, E-C-K-I-S on Instagram. And that'll also lead to all other links as well too. Um, and I just appreciate you guys. Uh, if you haven't already, there's tens of thousands of you. So I know some of you have not. Please go uh, do a written review on Apple. Uh, as If you don't, I'm still happy to have you as a listener, but I really appreciate it because it helps Apple spread the cheer and, uh, you know, throughout the world, letting other people know that the show exists. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you to Whitney for being on the show, for myself, Matt Gosman, and The Hustle Sold Separately. We're out. Mm -hmm.